The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Davo. All right, this offense is simply maddening. It will drive you insane if you watch it every single day. But with that said, I do think we can stay positive. I think we have to force ourselves to. And I'm going to tell you why. This is a marathon. And remember, this is a grind. And I've got more info on why I think we can stay positive here on Clubhouse Conversation. Welcome in. It's Davo's Dish for a very, very, very disappointing game. Seems like we've said that way too many times early on in the year, but this one especially hurt. Game three against Seattle. The Royals drop one three to one. Waste another terrific pitching effort by Yardano Ventura, Tim Collins, and Kelvin Herrera. That now on this six-game road trip marks six quality starts. The quote-unquote quality start stat. You can kind of you know knock that. The whole six-inning minimum with three-run thing. It's not the best thing in the world. But the Royals have been six for six. Definitely good enough in the American League with a decent offense that you should be better than three and three, which is what the Royals sit themselves at here on this road trip with a very big game tomorrow. But let's start with tonight, and let's start with Yodano Ventura first of all. We got to give him some credit. Yordano, yes, did allow two home runs tonight. What? Home runs? You're a Royals fan? You're like, what's that? And that's how the Mariners scored all their runs. These two teams are like pretty much identical. They both have pretty good pitching, especially starting pitching-wise. They both aren't hitting the ball worth a darn. But when they hit home runs, they seem to do well. Seattle hit some home runs tonight, and they scored. They scored three. It wasn't you know anything to write home about, but a couple home runs off of Ventura led to three runs. Um, he did go six and a third allowing six hits with those three runs on three strikeouts and four walks. Definitely not his A game. It kind of reminded me of that Sunday afternoon game he had earlier this season. I guess the Twins, wasn't it? Was that who it was that Sunday afternoon where he went about five innings and grinded through to give up four or five runs? But, you know, he didn't have his stuff, but you were still kind of impressed by it. That kind of reminded me of tonight. The kid knows how to pitch. I like seeing him come back after the home runs, throw strikes, attack the hitters. He hangs in there. He's tough. I like his uh, persona a lot. So, you know, a nice job by your Donovan Ventura tonight. I'm, I'm not going to hate on him at all. He did a nice job. He definitely deserved better than he got with a run support. As once again, well, by the way, let's also give some credit to Calvin Herrera. Perfect eighth, two strikeouts. Tim Collins mopped up the damage before there was any in the seventh. But then, yeah, once again, the story became the punch and Judy hack happy offense of the Royals. Punch and Judy. When they do get hits, they're singles. They don't walk. They don't get extra base hits up there. I, I don't understand their approach at all. I just don't get the approach. But with that said, like I said, I'm going to give you some reasons to keep the faith here. We're going to talk about why. Okay, now remember, like I said, it's a marathon. But those of us who are close to the Royals and watch every game and follow every game, as I'm assuming you do since you're listening right now to Clubhouse Conversation, you obviously are there with me and, and with the Royals to a degree. You know it's tough. I mean, you... <laughs> There's 162 of these. We know that. But when you've got expectations and you've dealt with so many negativity you know, throughout the years, it's tough to go through this, especially with an offense that's just so maddening out there. But the Royals, I think we can pretty much just forget about Detroit. They're going to run away with the Central. It's going to happen. There's no point in even talking about Detroit anymore. Detroit, I would imagine, will be 8 to 10 games up at the All-Star break. So let's kind of forget about Detroit. So first of all, take that out. That'll make you a little less frustrated. We're going to learn with ways to cope and learn learn with ways to stay positive. Detroit's out of the picture, okay? I want you to forget about Detroit. Erase them. The Royals are still only a couple games out of a wild card right now. 
and they're under 500. That's the good news. And the Royals, yes, the starting pitching has probably been a little bit better than it should be. Yes, it'll regress a little bit more, but with some rough starts for Vargas in recent days, not the last start, but the couple before that, and Ventura having a couple quote-unquote rough starts for him, and Shields has had you know, already two big games. Only one of them was big uh, earned run. Um, wise, but his ERA is getting back to about where it should be. Guthrie is going to be around four all season long. I mean, the Royals starting pitching shouldn't get too much, you know, worse as far as regression goes. So with that said, you have to think the offense is not this freaking bad, right? I mean, seriously, these guys obviously all have ability. There's no doubt. I mean, I was talking to my buddy tonight, Mike Moustakis. I mean, I watch a lot, a lot of minor league baseball year after year. I go several trips a year. We'll take clubhouse conversation on the road this year, by the way. Get you plenty of interviews throughout the minor league system as the summer drags on. But Mike Moustakis was an absolute beast. I have seen maybe one or two other guys, maybe, that seemed to dominate and make the game so easy when they played at the AA and AAA level. I mean, Mike Moustakis can flat out hit. You know, Eric Hosmer, obviously, by the time he had the LASIK and got to the upper levels of the minors, could rake. Alex Gordon, Billy Butler, these guys all know how to hit. They're not, you know, they're not, it's not like they're bad hitters. They've got the physical capability of doing it. They still do. And I believe they will, at some point, start hitting at least to where the Royals are watchable. I mean, right now in offense, it's just horrible. But you know why that is, though, is because of the approach. That's my whole point in bringing up the ability. The ability is there for the Royals physically. These guys are very talented. There's no doubt about that. Okay, that's the, that's the part the Royals brass is definitely right about when they talk about that and things evening out. I do agree with that to a degree, but the approach is going to have to get better or it's not going to matter. I mean, let's talk about why this game is so disappointing. You got Chris Young, who's walking, what, four and a half hitters per nine innings, I believe it was, 4.3 coming in to this game. The Royals didn't even draw a freaking walk against him tonight. None. Not a single walk tonight. In the whole ball game, they didn't walk. Now, they only struck out three times because they were hack, 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 hack. 106 pitches in nine innings between Young and Rodney. That's 11.7 pitches per inning. Not even 12 pitches an inning. Here's what I feel like the Royals' approach is right now. Their approach is, I'm going to swing the bat. I'm going to hit myself out of the slump. I'm going to get the hit. I'm too good. You know, I'm just going to swim. I might take one pitch. I feel like the Royals' approach for being selective is taking a pitch and then that pitch two, they're just good to go on reeling away and hacking away. That's what I feel like the Royals are doing right now at the plate. I think that they, I know, I mean, here's the deal. Here's the deal. It's ridiculous for me to think I know more because I don't. But if you watch these games, the ability is there, but the approach is awful. And how do I see that? And these guys don't. I mean, maybe they do, but it seems like an approach is something you can fix. Ability at the major league level especially is not. Tweaking is a lot tougher to do at the major league level, which is why some guys need time in the minor leagues to get a bat, to get experience, to fail, blah, blah, blah. It's approach, though, with these guys. And if I know it, I guarantee you Chris Young sure as hell knows it. Every pitcher in the league knows it. Every advanced scout in the league knows it. The Royals are not selected. They try to cover the whole plate. They hack at anything. You just can't do that. Look at teams like the Oakland A's. Look at Alex Gordon, for example. I know, I know AG's not having the year we want him to so far. He'll be the first to tell you that. But at least he has a freaking plan when he goes up there. You know, he's willing to take some pitches. He's willing to strike out looking sometimes because he knows, you know what, that pitch, that borderline pitch low and away, I can't do anything with that pitch. If I swing at it, I'm either going to strike out swinging or I'm going to weakly ground out on that. So I'm going to take it, hope it's called a ball, and I'm going to wait for my pitch. I know the area of the strike zone I want. I'm going to take pitches until that pitch comes up there. That's how Billy Butler used to be until now. He swings at everything. He swings at the first pitch so much at a career-high rate. 
Oakland, these these teams, they, they, they're looking for their pitch. They're looking to do something. They have a plan. They have an approach. The Royals are just up there hacking, saying, we're too good. We're going to hit our way out of this. It's not going to work. It might work if you have a plan, because guess what? If you're waiting for a pitch on the inner half at a certain place, a certain portion of the strike zone, you're going to get that first pitch sometimes. Reel at it. You know, swing the bat. There's going to be a bat where it takes four and five pitches before you get that. You may have two strikes on you. And guess what? You're going to walk sometimes because of it, and you're going to work the pitch count because of it because you're waiting for that pitch. You're being selective. Being selective is not taking one strike or one ball and then hacking at anything close. Now, there are situations where you do hack with a runner at third base and one out or what, what have you. You go up there swinging. You don't, you don't need to walk there. Drive in the run. You know, be a little bit maybe less selective when life uses the ball up the middle. You know, you don't want to strike out in that situation. There's times where what the Royals are doing does work. But when there's nobody on base, you're leading off innings. Just make an effort. Have an approach. Have an idea up there. So that's where I'm at with this team. That's, that's why I just have to believe the light's going to go on. I've got little doubt that Pedro Grafal is telling the guys this stuff. I've got little doubt that Ned Yost is. These guys are not stupid. I know people on Twitter try to act like they are. They're not. They're baseball men. They know what the hell they're doing. I believe in the coaching staff, but come on, guys. Players, step up. It's time for the players to step up and have accountability. I'm sick of hearing about Ned Yost. I'm sick of hearing about other stuff. Now, Ned Yost makes questionable moves like bunting and giving away outs in game one and you know things like that, but for the most part, this comes back to the players. So the approach has got to change, and I think it will at some point. I think these guys will eventually, the coffee will you know, be smelled once they wake up, and I think at that point they have enough physical ability to score runs. So my whole point in that long little rant there is to tell you that I believe the Royals at some point, if they can stay close to the wild card, can stay in that race at a bat at the deadline. So if you're with, you know, right around 500, your starting pitching is not going to get too much worse. It's going to be about what it is, which is good news for the Royals. The bullpen should get a hair better. So if you're there at the All-Star break, you're within a few games, three, four games in the wild card, then you can go out and get another bat to hopefully put you over the edge with other offensive guys who have hopefully had the light go on. And I think the Royals can stay in this all summer still. So let's not panic. I know there's negativity. I know it's freaking frustrating. I understand that. Forget about Detroit. Don't even look at Detroit. They're out of it. That will help you remain sane. The goal this year is to make the playoffs. That's always been the goal, get in the playoffs and see what happens this year. Fair enough? All right, so one other thing I want to talk about tonight, <sighs> Billy Butler and Rusty Koontz. I mean, what was Billy doing? He gets that base hit with two outs of the ninth. He rounds first, I guess somewhat hard, which is good news, and then just lollygags his way back to first, nearly gets thrown out in the backside. Can you imagine if the game would have ended on that? Can you imagine how embarrassing and how just completely inexcusable that would have been? And Rusty's pissed about it. Rusty should be pissed about it. He's a coach. You know? Rusty is above Billy Butler, at least in theory. Now, we both know that's not the case. Or at least it shouldn't be the case. But you don't spout back, Billy. You know you messed up there. I know you're frustrated as much as anybody. I get it. I know you're sick of losing. You've been here forever. I know you feel like you've been rubbed wrong in San Diego, which is not true. You're not taking Eric Hosmer's hot 300-bat gold-glove defense out of the lineup, Billy, to put you in there. Like, Ned Yost made a good point about that with the whole San Diego series. I'm sure you saw the quotes where Billy had basically said last week, you know, I'm frustrated that I wasn't told. I came to the ballpark expecting to start game one against a lefty, and I wasn't in there. Ned never told me, but if I go in and I sound like a whiner, and now my, you know, my timing's going to be off, blah, blah, blah. He just went into excuse mode and kind of threw Ned Yost under the bus. 
it's obvious the two don't really care for each other going back to last year when Billy came charging out of the dugout when he was thrown out late in the year. I forget what team it was against last September. Do you remember that when Billy got thrown out and he came back out? Ned didn't even back him, didn't even try to back him. Right then I knew that they didn't have a good relationship because a normal, a normal manager is going to back their player in that situation. So it's obvious they don't like each other very much. It's obvious Billy's not back next year. The Royals ain't exercising a $12 million contract. And it's obvious Eric Cosmer is much better defensively. When you're not scoring runs, you got to save runs. Eric Cosmer could easily save you one to two runs over the course of a series in San Diego. When you ain't scoring and you ain't hitting the baseball like Billy hasn't been, Eric has been, at least, maybe not power-wise, but he's starting to turn it on. Why the hell would he start you, Billy? Anyway, my whole point is I didn't appreciate the quotes last week. I didn't talk about them at all because I just figured as you know not no whatever he's showing some fire i didn't really care too much about it but i bring it up now because when i see him spouting off to rusty coons on the field when he messed up it's clear he messed up rusty was telling him what the hell are you doing man get back you know rusty was upset rusty's a coach you don't mouth back to a coach when he's in the right so it'll be interesting to see what happens i talked to some of my old old school royals friends are in their 50s and 60s and they said whitey would bench his ass tomorrow whitey wouldn't have him out there tomorrow blah blah i don't think that's going to happen especially with no salvador perez tomorrow brett hazel will be in there no omar infante this lineup is going to struggle to score runs and who are you going to dh tomorrow maxwell who strikes out 46 percent of the time i mean he's probably playing tomorrow but i would imagine right you know, can you afford to take both Kane and Naoki out of the lineup tomorrow? You can't really start Dyson against a tough lefty. The Royals are facing a tough one tomorrow in Elias, or maybe he says Elias. I'm not sure he says his name. I haven't seen him pitch yet, but Jeremy Guthrie goes against him. A lefty they've never seen. Good numbers, good peripheral, strikes out a lot, and the Royals never hit lefties. I'm really worried about this matchup. I don't like this matchup tomorrow, not because of Guthrie, just because I don't think the Royals can score. I don't know that we score more than three runs tomorrow, to be honest with you against this kid, especially with no Salvador Perez, no Omar Infante, and then perhaps no Aoki, no Kane maybe, day game after a night game, also against a lefty. I don't know. I don't I don't like this lineup tomorrow. I don't like our chances in this game tomorrow, which is disappointing. But at the end of the day, we're coming home for 12 out of 15. We're going to be probably three games out of the wild card after tomorrow if we lose. Hopefully we won't. We still could win the game. If we do, it's a successful road trip. If we lose the game tomorrow, you know, we're still there. Don't panic. Calm down. Let's stay positive here, Royals fans. You know, I've I've kind of laid a lot on you over the last 15 minutes here, but that my whole point in this in tonight's dish is just basically to tell you I was frustrated like you were tonight. I really, really thought the Royals had this game tonight coming in on paper. We talked about it last night. The Royals had a, a pitching advantage, I thought. Now, Young obviously has had a much more successful career, but at this juncture, when he can't even touch 88 anymore, when he's walking over four guys per nine innings. When his Pakota stats tell you he should be in the mid to upper fours in the ERA and you let him drop down to like 2-6 or whatever it is, 2-6-3 now. I mean, you've got Ventura giving up two, three runs to start usually. Again tonight, three runs. <sighs> Score three or four runs against Young. Didn't happen. I don't want this matchup tomorrow for the Royals. We'll see what happens, especially, like I said, without the guys being in there. But with that said, my other point to this whole podcast is, A, I wasn't happy with the whole Butler situation. It'll be interesting to see what happens. You can't really bench him, though. You need the bat in there tomorrow against a lefty. Who are you going to play? That's my A. My B is stay positive. We got to stay positive. It's a long season. We have, you know, look at it this way. If things do spiral out of control and we're way out of it, we'll have plenty of nights to talk about the bad. Let's stay positive right now. There's plenty of season. We're right there. Just forget about Detroit. And I'll close with that tonight here on Davo's Ditch with Clubhouse Conversation. Appreciate you listening tonight, by the way. I know it was kind of long winded, but, you know, Royals, Royals fanatics, a Royals fanatic. Hang in there. 
we'll see what the boys in blue can do. Let's hope like hell we get a win tomorrow. If they don't, just do your best to take you know to take a deep breath. <laughs> I feel like this is counseling. Such is life as a Royals fan. Good night.